Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Thank you to everyone uh, that has been so responsive in the team previews, and it's shown up in the numbers uh, for the downloads and the podcast, Hope Springs Eternal, this time of the year. I think that's what our numbers have been reflecting. It's been awesome to see. Uh, so that was just a big thanks. Uh, and then a big, big thanks to all of the insiders uh, that jumped on the podcast with me. 14 out of 14. We got all 14 teams. Uh, all 14 of the individuals were excited to talk about their team. I thought they all did an excellent job in their own way, Kurt. What say you? Yeah, great addition. Great little segment addition there. I love listening to all of them. Um, yeah, as far as the listeners, it is fun to track the listenership throughout the year. And depending on the performance of certain teams in certain weeks, you can watch it go up and down like a roller coaster. It's kind of, kind of a, just a, you know, one of those fun things yep. for me to do. Yeah. Um, and then at the beginning of the year, you have more games to cover. Uh, mo- the big 10 typically does well in those games because, you know, there's a lot of directional yeah. Michigan, if you will. Uh, then as the season goes on, it, it funnels down to big 10 teams and kind of at the same time, it funnels down <laughs> to how many listeners you get because of what we kind of talked about there. So, uh, but anyways, thanks again for everybody for the download. Listen, this is one of the biggest podcasts we have every year, the predictions podcast. Uh, So we will get into that in just a little bit. We got one little segment that we want to go through uh, that I will break down how, how we will, Kurt and I will go through the predictions. Um, Couple housekeeping items that I wish I didn't have to talk on. I certainly don't want to talk on these, but they're out in front of out in front of us, so we got to kind of do it. Iowa defensive tackle Noah Shannon has officially been suspended one year. Uh, deep rotation for Iowa's D line, but never good to lose a starter. Um, I, I I know I'm looking at this through the lens of a Hawkeye fan. I just have a hard time believing that a 22 year old gambling on an Iowa women's basketball game should be suspended for a whole year. It seems too punitive. What, what say you Kurt? So it was, it was determined. He only bet on Iowa women's basketball. That's it was not on an Iowa football event. Correct. I mean, that's just BS. Um, and I would say this, I'm pissed off because this, this is going to affect my picks. Yeah. We find this out. I I find (laughs) it out today. Great. Doesn't Thanks. help, and it is in appeal, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, KF, uh, Kirk Ferentz, for those that wouldn't know, um, he ain't happy. I think he's getting up there in, in the years, and he just doesn't care <laughs> anymore and says what he thinks. He really loves Noah Shannon as a player and, and person, and he is pissed off. You know, even if, if if at least you're 20 and you do something illegal, but he was of age, you know, he was of gambling age. Ugh. I just yeah. think it's so stupid. Uh, stay, stayed in Iowa City again. I wouldn't. I don't want to. Uh, but Cade McNamara um, still not one hundred percent. Conflicting reports. Sounds like they expect him back at practice as early as this week. We are recording this on Wednesday evening, uh, the twenty third. Uh, they expect him back potentially this week or next week, which would be game week. So we will see if he plays 
in week one. Um, not something you want to hear as a Hawkeye fan, but I guess what I would say is week one, two, and three, uh, winnable games. Certainly week two is the toughest winning game, but I think the biggest thing for our predictions for the most part is that he'll be back by the Big Ten season. I feel confident that he'll be back by the Big Ten season. Um, and then the last one is Harbs, Jim Harbaugh. This, this, the story that won't die. It's like that scene in Austin Powers when he keeps trying to kill that bad person, <laughs> the bad guy. Was that a girl? Was that a woman? Why would no, she just die? No, it was a it was a guy. It was Will Ferrell was the character. I'm oh, I'm yeah. still alive, but I'm very badly burned. Okay. Um was and it, then, is that the one you're talking about? No, I don't think it is. I think it oh, okay. was I think it was when he jumped out of the window and he like landed on top of the bad girl. And he's like, why won't you just die? And okay, just, that yeah, yeah. was different. You're right. Yeah. The one Will Ferrell drove his car over the cliff. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, the Jim Harbaugh story uh, is almost as comical as an Austin Powers movie. Um, now it is official that Michigan has suspended Jim Harbaugh the first three games, um, about as patsy a games as can be. We're going to put a bow on that one right here. There will be a special standalone podcast with a special guest uh, that will we will break that down a little bit more extensively. All right, moving into more fun stuff to talk about, if you will. Uh, we typically Kurt and I can get through our picks pretty quick. We've obviously broken down the teams about as much as one can break them down. Uh, so what we thought we would do is have a standalone segment here and have a little bit of fun. We are going to pick out our our top three or four games that Kurt and I are the most excited about for the early part of the season and just kind of give you an idea of why we are so excited about them. I think I said, I said three or four now, but you we're doing three apiece, right? Is, is that what we texted each I've other? Got, I've got three locked and loaded. I can do more than that, but yeah. Well, you do three. I'll do my three, and if we got a one or two extra we both want to bring up, we'll, okay. we'll do that. How's that sound? Yep. All right. Um, Kurt, you go ahead. I gave you first off the tee. You start with your top three. If you want, if you want to go one, two, three, three, two, one, doesn't matter. Go for it. Uh, these are in no particular order. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start with Nebraska at Colorado. <laughs> okay. And many reasons, of course, we know the history. We know how much hatred there is. I, I don't know if it's hatred so much for from Colorado fans to Nebraska, but definitely hatred from Nebraska fans to Colorado fans. And just the fact that there are no adults on the Colorado coaching staff and we're transitioning from not having an adult on the Nebraska staff, but now we do. <laughs> and I expect to see... I expect to see things looking more like there are adults in the room for Nebraska. So, you know, obviously a lot of talent at Colorado too. There's just a tremendous amount of storylines there. And I expect Nebraska to win that game. I want to say that as well. I do too, but it is the spectacle that I think you're alluding to of the, the, the or at least the potential spectacle of this game. Both teams are projected to go into the game 0-1. Doesn't mean they're both going to go 0-1. Colorado's TCU. I really think they're going to go 0-1. Um, so you now you have 0-1 potential bitter, bitter rivals going at each other. Whoever walks away from that game with an L is it's a it's going to be a tough way to start the year. I think that's all the intrigue with that game. Okay, now I I found most of the intriguing games in the West. By the way. 
which it just I, breaks down like that. I know I I almost feel guilty about it, but I'm the same way. But I am going to choose one in the East, and I, this shouldn't surprise anybody. I don't think you can pass up Ohio State at Notre Dame. Okay. Obviously, because it's Ohio State, everyone's heard of them. Everyone's heard of Notre Dame and the history there. <laughs> but you've got an Ohio State team that obviously has aspirations, but we don't know what's going on at quarterback. You and I kind of suspect that gr- great things are not going on in the quarterback room. I think at that point you could still have somewhat of a controversy. I think we're going to find out a lot about Ohio State that game because they don't really have challenges before that. You got Indiana, Youngstown, and Western Kentucky before that. So I think even putting the history of the two programs aside, that's an intriguing game. And then I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here, but I see this nationally. A lot of people. People are excited for Illinois at Kansas. And I think a big part of it is because people are like, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm I'm excited about Illinois at Kansas. Yep. And it's on a Friday night under the lights. You got two upstart programs. Everybody loves to see like the new shiny toy. So it's the two. And not that either of these programs is great yet, but they've just been so down for so long. And now they're competitive that everyone expects a really good competitive game from two teams that they're. I mean, okay, maybe it would have been competitive before, but not in a really in the way you want it to be. So that one, I guess if I had to pick one, again, Homer, that's the probably the most interesting preseason game to me, non-con game. Maybe you are being a Homer, but sometimes being a Homer doesn't mean you're inaccurate. When I did my most intriguing non-con games, I had this number one. It's all the things you just said. Uh, not to make your bunghole pucker up too much here, Vicar, but you want to talk about recruiting? All eyes are going to be on these two programs that Friday night game. If Beetle and his boys, you know, have a good showing, it ain't going to be a bad thing uh, for Beetle and recruiting going forward. And then the other thing I would throw in is Styles make the fight. These are two completely different takes on how to win college football games. I cannot wait to see that, you know, hectic Kansas offense versus that extremely impressive Illinois front seven. Uh, so when I did my most intriguing ranks, you took my one, two, and and four rankings. So good mm-hmm. job right there. So I'll go to number three first. Mine are also in no particular order. I got Minnesota at North Carolina. Um, I don't know about you, Kurt, but when I picked this game on our sheet, you know, we do all the picks, not just not just Big Ten games. I can go either way on this one, and uh, I think. Generally speaking, heading into the year, people think North Carolina is going to win that game. Wouldn't surprise me. That's that's a trip across country against a really good quarterback. But they don't really like to play defense. So could we have a high-flying game that Minnesota looks much better than maybe some people think? Pretty intriguing to me. All right, moving on. You know, I'm just going to skip over Iowa State. <laughs> To, to be honest with you, because it's more annoying because of all the gambling stuff they're going to talk about. So it just does not appeal to me that much. Um, of course, I'll be dialed in. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean. Next, what I'm going to do is Washington at Michigan State. Um, you got the you got the Pac-12 versus the Big Ten, but will eventually be the Big Ten versus the Big Ten. So you got that storyline right there. Washington will be predicted to win this game, but they're also going across country to play in a tough environment. I mean, is it crazy for to think Michigan State could force a turnover, a Penix issue 
and and get out to a big start in that game. I don't know, man. Uh, the start to that game will will probably be huge. And if they can start out big, Michigan State, that would be incredible. Are you implying that Penix may have perfor- performance issues in that game? I'm just saying that you you get groggy after a, a long flight over. You know, sometimes <laughs> you need to hydrate. All right. I, a couple more we could talk about. This is what I'm going to go ahead and sneak in because I figured you wouldn't. But Fresno State at Purdue, week one. Yeah, I know it's a group of five, but we joked on the podcast Purdue plays essentially 11 and a half power five teams. This is the half. Fresno State picked as high as second or third in the Mountain West. This is not a bad team. Jeff Tedford is a freaking good coach. This is a good team. And then you add in, what are we expecting from Purdue? I don't know. You don't know. I don't even think Purdue fans and coaches and players know this will be our first time to look at Purdue against a formidable opponent. I can't wait to watch that one. That'll be that'll be excellent. By the way, I, I my number four was Minnesota at UNC. Okay, it's just a heck of a game, dude. We are. Is there any any other ones you want to break down? Or well, I think I think that Washington State at Wisconsin is an underrated one. It is it Wisconsin is. having lost to them. Uh, now they've got to go out to Washington State and, and play them in you know second game of the first season of the new regime. That that's one I'd be really puckering if I was a Wisconsin fan. Yeah, I Wisconsin fans are rightfully confident with that game. I do understand the angle of that they got us last year, so they're going to get our attention this year. But the other angle back is is Washington State going to be pissed? This is one of the teams that have killed their conference. Is that part of their motivation? Um, no doubt. What, another thing you pointed out, like uh, is the cross country trips here. Illinois, Kansas, that's regional. Ohio State, Notre Dame, regional. Obviously, Iowa and Iowa State. But Nebraska, Colorado, Minnesota, North Carolina, Washington, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Washington State, Fresno State, Purdue. All of those are big cross-country trips. I don't know. I think a lot of times you can wind up seeing some pretty crazy stuff when that happens. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel agent technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Speaking of Amador, we'll do a couple more announcements on this, but Amador is going to be coming into town here in about eight days as we record this to sponsor our podcast. That is before the Minnesota-Nebraska game. Lot 37, I'll just go ahead and predict that the uh, the tailgate times will be from 3.30 to 6.30. Certainly, you can take off from the tailgate anytime you want to make it into the game. Kurt and I are so excited. We hope we get to meet a ton of Nebraska, Minnesota fans, and any other Big Ten and uh, eyes on big listeners that can make it by. And hopefully a, a live broadcast. From- hopefully a li- Oh, from the from from the tailgate, we we think we can pull that off. <laughs> we just need. To, We're working we on have, it. We, we both have jobs. Any yep. Any AV experts out there that yeah. can volunteer <laughs> your time? I'm going to try to look into that this weekend and 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 get some outside help uh, from but, that. But regardless of whether or not we can do it the way we want, which is to project the sound into the tailgate, 
even if we can't do that, we will still be recording and we will still be doing guesting. So yes. if you want to show up and maybe get a chance to be on the Eyes on Big podcast, please do so. Lot 37, uh, Huntington we, Bank Stadium. There you go. What appropriately put, uh, we, we want it to go from a B minus production to an A plus production. At worst case scenario, we'll, we'll be able to have the B minus production and that would be pretty fun in itself. All right, big man. I don't know if you're ready for this, but it is time. Uh, it is the 2023 Eyes on Big Predictions. Uh, so how we will do this is we got a quarter here. I actually got a couple quarters just in case I drop it and it flies away from me, Kurt. So what I'm going to do is eventually here real quick. I'm going to flip a quarter. Okay. Heads or tails. Heads is the east. Tails is the west. Because let's be honest, that's kind of how the divisions have gone over the last couple of years. Uh, and then heads will be me, tails will be Kurt, as picked out by Big Kurt. So heads or tails first for which division we go, and then heads or tails for which one of us will break down the teams first. We will do ours individually. Uh, then the next one will be obviously the other division, and then the other person will start. Um, I thought I had a, I, I thought I'd go over a couple bullet points here. These are overarching takes on the predictions. Uh, curious to. Curious to know your takes. Um, uh, this this message is to the listeners. Kurt and I do talk offline quite a bit, and we we have gone over generalities with our picks of things that we're you know working through. But specifics, I don't know Kurt's, and Kurt's doesn't know mine. So how this will feel is I'm finding out the same time as the listeners are, and, and Kurt will the same. It's I think it makes it exciting for both of us. All right. The first thing I want to say is I have, I could see Kurt an extremely workable path for 13 out of 14 teams of the big 10 to make a bowl. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe 12. Okay. Definitely 12, but I would say 13 teams. Did you, did you wind up feeling the same way once you got deep into your team previews and started predicting? I would say that's, Probably appropriate. Um, 13. uh, Obviously, I don't have that many making it, but I, yeah, I could see a path for as many as 13. There's one that I pretty much knew ahead of time was not going to have a path. Sure. Everybody else did. Yep. Yep. And I don't, I don't think we're hiding too much that we, it's hard for us to see a path for Northwestern to make a a bowl game. Uh, And then the other thing I want, I think we both talked about offline is that. We are certainly going by total predictions, both you know overall and in the Big Ten. Um, we would ask that you judge us more by the place that these teams wind yeah. up at than you know putting the screws to us for the the overall record. Um, I hope to hit. I hope to hit a couple. I'm sure you do too. But I really am trying to get the 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 order in 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 order <laughs> for the Big Ten. I I think Kurt, you kind of had the same thought process. Yeah, yeah. my. The thing I most want to do is to get the order right in each division. Yes. Obviously, even even that is a tall t- task, but to get them as close as possible to the actual finish. That's my goal, one through seven in each division. Not necessarily predicting the exact record for Purdue. Right, right. Um, I would say the high water mark is getting five out of seven for each division. If you got five out of seven for each division, <laughs> go ahead and break your arm, pat yourself on the back. That goes for anybody doing doing the predictions because there are obviously a plenty on Twitter. Um, 
Another thing I'd say is uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of patent on patent self on back. This is the most work I've ever done since we've done this podcast to try to get to know these teams. Um, Kurt, I was down to watching a YouTube game. This is no this is no joke. I watched a YouTube game of Virginia versus Georgia Tech because I wanted to see Jeff Sims play football. And oh, by the way, Iowa's new linebacker played in that game. And so did Nebraska's new wide receiver for Virginia. I just wanted to get some sort of, you know, I, and then obviously the team previews and insiders, I, I, I did as much work as, as I can. I don't know where you came out on your feeling with that. I felt like, you know, you were definitely prepared for your team previews. Okay. No, I, I did about the same work for the team previews, but as far as picking, making the picks, I spent the least amount of time I've ever spent making the actual picks. And there's times I would read some random, you know, not necessarily stupid, but I'm just going to say stupid comment on Twitter and it would start changing my mind. I would say, nope, I'm not going to let it change. So I, I flew through the picks and part of it is because I feel like there's more possibilities in, on both sides of the divisions to win this year. So it's like, uh, paralysis by analysis. I'm like, I'm not getting into that. I'm just making my picks and I'm going with them. And that's pretty much what I did. And the funny and I thing went is, back, I thought I sat about it. I thought, you know, I let it marinate a while. I went <laughs> back and I made no changes. Good job. I made very little changes. Um, the funny thing is, is what I have written down here after you do all of this research, is it, did it wind up being paralysis by analysis or are these just tough picks to make? Maybe it's well, a combination of both. No, it, it, I, I would go with it's just tough picks to make. And we get bashed every year for our picks. And and I hope to get bashed again this year. But <laughs> I still I, I still challenge anybody to do this. And then wait till the end of the season and see how you stack up. And, and, and by the way, it's not a long season, but a lot of things happen in this. Yeah. Season. Yeah. And obviously you can't predict the big injuries and crazy things happening. Um, the 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 thing where I am kind of, you know, a, a a touch hubristic when it looks when I view me and you, we actually look at all these teams, whereas most fans yep. mostly look at their team. So they're obviously yep. going to know more about their team. If you do start looking deeper, you start understanding that it's not just your D line that's going to look good this year. Right. <laughs> there's, there's other D lines, you know, and whatnot. Uh, so that's that's one thing to kind of my, take into account. My my favorite would probably be the, oh, do you honestly think Team X is going to lose to Team Y? Well, well, you know, Team Y is trying to win the game, too. Yes. And yes, I do think that. That's why I picked it. Because if <laughs> I thought right. there was no chance that Team Y would win, I wouldn't have picked them. Um, and that's another thing, too, is I, I don't know the exact numbers, but my guess is, is when I went through to do my picks, somewhere around 85% of the picks are essentially no-brainers, okay? I'm not going to pick Rutgers to beat Ohio State. It's just not going to happen, you know? So then it comes I down. I don't know about no-brainers, but you're pretty confident. You're extremely you confident. confident. Just quick, making a quick pick. Yeah. Yes. That other 15%. Buddy, that's where the sausage is made on on how these picks and and there was and two or just, three. Good, yeah, you can just agonize over some of them. I have agonized. There has been agony that I'll maybe even go over some of those. All right, there we go. That's kind of our precursor that we do every year. So let's get it going. We're going to do the old quarter flip. It is tails. We start 
with the Big Ten West. And we flip the quarter again. Told you I'd drop one. Flip the quarter again. Tails. So it is the uh, Big Kurt starting out the Big West. Go for it, buddy. Okay. And as we've done in the past, we start at the bottom, work our way to the top, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So this will come as a surprise to literally nobody listening to this cast. We haven't made it a secret that we are not confident in this team. So dead last in the West, I have Northwestern coming in at a solid zero and nine in conference with a two and 10 overall record. This one was really tough. This one I I would say is agony. This is, and usually it's tough to pick the absolute, the winner, right? Yep. It's usually not very tough to pick the bottom. Both of these divisions are extremely tough to pick the bottom or middle even. The the middle is what I'm talking about. Because what you're talking about is you're moving on to your sixth place team right now, and you're already in agony for who this team is, correct? I mean, five and six in the West killed me. Okay. At six, I chose the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They have a three and six in conference record, five and seven over overall, but they lose head to head to this next team at five. I have the Purdue Boilermakers coming in the exact same record, three and six in conference, five and seven overall. Okay. More agony here at in the fourth place position. I have the Wisconsin Badgers, which I know. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to catch a lot of crap from Badger fans. I know this. I'm going <laughs> to. Yep. And, and, and yeah. Kurt and I talked. We did not name the team, but he goes, oh, man, I'm going to get my arse chewed by one fan base. And I got to tell you, I had a feeling it was going to be Wisconsin. You didn't even mm. allude to who it was. So interesting. Well, we woke up the sleeping bear last year. Yeah. With Michigan State? With, with no, Well, Michigan State, but I'm talking about. With Fickle, we woke up the sleeping bear, right? Oh, earlier this year. Yeah, with the coaches' rankings. Yeah. Oh, yes, right. Earlier this year. I'm sorry. Earlier this year is when we woke up the sleeping bear. So I suspect many of those same folks will be coming after me. I do have Wisconsin at five and four in conference, seven and five overall, but losing head to head to this team, which is my Illinois fighting Illini coming in at third with the tiebreaker. Finishing at seven five overall, five and four in conference. So that leaves two teams. We've got the Minnesota Golden Gophers and the Iowa Hawkeyes coming in at number two in the West. I have at six and three in conference, eight and four overall. The Minnesota Golden Gophers. Okay, making my West champion your Iowa Hawkeyes. 10 and 2 overall record, 7 and 2 in conference. You surprised me, sir. You okay. surprised me. Uh shocked. I I I will go through my pick, and then how about we go through, you know, kind of the division a little bit more. But I you are you blew my mind there. That is not how I thought the order would be. No, you said really? something about okay. you said something about being too chalky. That is extremely not chalky. To me, I, I would say okay. that's that's closer to wacky than it is chalky. So good for you on that. Okay, that was Big Kurt's picks for the West. Here comes mine. At number seven, again, surprise to nobody, as Kurt says. I got the Northwestern Wildcats. Also have them 0-9, 1-11 overall. 
just hard to see a path uh, forward for Northwestern looking good this year. The agony starts here for me as well. Um, these next three teams really are all kind of bunched together for me. Uh, so any one of these three teams finishing a little bit different spot, one up, one down, maybe even two down, would not shock me. But at some point, you have got to make a decision. And at two and seven, five and seven overall, just missing a bowl, I also have the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, right in front of them at six and six overall and four and five in the Big Ten, I have the Minnesota Golden Gophers which means the fourth place team with the identical record six and six over an overall and four and five in the big 10 is the Purdue Boilermakers um, wound up liking that team more than I mm. thought. Um, yeah. I'm kind of buying into the Hudson card situation. The other stuff is, you know, there's essentially, I think a three game uh, home, ho- home away home for, the top three teams of the division. And then that's the same thing. I believe in the next three down between Purdue, Minnesota and Nebraska. One of the games that I absolutely agonized on was uh, Nebraska playing Purdue at home. Okay. That is a huge game that I could see going either way. I gave it to Purdue, but Holy cow. Does that, that single game alone, changes the the standings and then I would go right I would stay right with Purdue Minnesota at Purdue I've got Purdue winning that game as well if that game was flipped to playing in the bank I'd flip it to Minnesota and Minnesota would move up and then I've got you know I think Minnesota is going to beat Nebraska in week one so those three games right there and how it winds up falling on Purdue's schedule home where they catch them It makes it tough. All right. Next three teams are, I've got almost at the same uh, overall record and, and, and big 10. These will be, this will be a three game conference run as well, but at number three at six and three in conference, nine and three overall, I have the Wisconsin Badgers. So I have them third. You have them fourth. We are a lot lower than the national pundits. Um, some yep. might some might accuse us of dropping Wisconsin down for rivalry stuff or trying to be different. Maybe we could talk on that more after we break the teams yep. down, but I swear that's not what's going down with me, and I don't think that's what, what's going down with you either. All right, my last two teams. This was my biggest agony of all the picks. Or, or if it isn't all of them, it's right up close. Illinois and Iowa are the last two teams, and I, I, and I tell you what we'll do. I will break down. I will say who my picks are and then we'll go. I want to go into why I got that. And then maybe we can go just a little bit more over the West on some of our deciding factors. Does that sound good, Kurt? Yeah. At number two with a nine and three overall record, six and three, I have Kurt's Illinois fighting a line. which means the big 10 West representative. I also have the Iowa Hawkeyes. With a seven and two overall record, ten and two overall, Kurt, I you start putting Illinois and Iowa on the spreadsheet, okay? Conference, you know how the team looks, schedule, all that stuff. They're very similar, Kurt. Very similar. They both play, you know, a Big Twelve team on the road week two. 
Um, somewhat of a rivalry for Illinois. It definitely is for Iowa. They got two two games around that that you expect them to win. They've got one game apiece that would you expect them to lose, and it's Penn State for both teams. And then after that, they get weaker the two of the weaker teams from the East, and then of course the West are all the same. All of these similarities. How Beetle wants to win games. How KF wants to win games. They're all very similar. It came down to two factors on why I chose Iowa to win that game and pick them first. I'll even put it out to you. What do you think my two factors were on why I picked Iowa over Illinois? Well, one would be the games at Iowa. Bingo. That is the biggest one. The other one is a proven quarterback versus an unproven one. Okay. Um, I would say there's a little bit of doubt around Cade McNamara right now. My thing, Kurt, again, you tell me if I'm wrong. Special teams, kicker, punter, on two teams that want to play or are just going to play a lot of close games, that's where I think yeah. Iowa has a distinct advantage. Great point. And a little, uh, I don't know if it's inside info, but this this one writer that I read, it's not it's not VIP uh, type of paid info, but he, he heard some rumblings out of camp that uh, kicker Caleb Griffin has, has been punting a little bit in practice because oh. it ain't going so good. Okay. That kind of helps my confidence with the pick, to be honest with you. I think yeah. there's going to be one of these teams is going to have to win the games in the ledger, right? And the one that does a better job of doing it is, is to me, the one that's going to go into Indy. Now, with that being said, now you had them uh, fourth. I had them third. No, I, is, I had them, uh, I had Illinois third. Oh, I'm sorry. You... Well, we both just talked about Iowa and Illinois, right? Yeah. So I, I know it gets kind of jumbled, but I thought the next team we would just kind of break down a little bit more is Wisconsin. Okay. So I had them third. You had them fourth. I'll let you go first. What was the factors of, of them being all the way down at fourth in the West? For okay. You? Well, one is I've got them losing at Washington State. Okay. Because it's early on. We just we already talked about traveling to the left coast, maybe a pissed off Washington State team. And we saw that they beat them last year. And just early on with the new staff, I just don't think it's so easy everyone thinks it's so easy to take a step with the next step there's a break-in period so I just think they're going to have some growing pains I think that's one of them I it really struggled on the Iowa one but I just went with the consistent staff versus a new staff and it's I'm sorry they get them at home but I still I picked Iowa there and then I've got them turn around and losing at Illinois yeah Okay. I, and then you've got Ohio State on the schedule, and I have them losing for some similar reasons at Minnesota and the season, where it's it's a rivalry game, right? And you're on the road, a, a, a seasoned PJ staff versus the first year Luke Fickle, and 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 yep. Mordecai turns the ball over. So I go. just don't think it's as easy as I, oh well, well, we got Luke Fickle now, so we're going to win the West. Uh, everything's back to normal. It's just not that simple. I don't think and we are changing the scheme so drastically. Yes. I'm not saying it's not going to work. I just don't think it's so automatic in year one. And and I certainly, you su- really surprised me with Wisconsin because I felt like in your t- team preview for Wisconsin, you were going googly eyes over Wisconsin. Oh, I, was, huh? I was Gaga, but I was Gaga. But then I, I talked, my brain talked my heart down. Okay. Interesting. I did not see that coming. I, Came away from that team preview thinking you were going to pick Wisconsin no worse than second. Um, for me, I've got them coming out of the gate hard. Uh, 
my guy soup seems very confident with them winning the Washington state game. That was good enough for me. Okay. That was my deciding factor. Buffalo, Washington state, Georgia Southern. So three, and zero at Purdue. Okay. Now I think Purdue is going to be good, but my gosh, I've got to see Purdue beat Wisconsin first before I can pick that, you know? Same. So I've got him going six and zero, but then and beating Iowa at home in a close one, I didn't even really debate much. I had them losing both at Illinois and Ohio State pretty quick. Mm-hmm. The other, and then Indiana Northwestern, kind of no brainers there. Nebraska's debatable, but again, I've got to see Nebraska get on top of Wisconsin, yeah. and then I've got them losing uh, the last game of the year at at Minnesota. So all the kind of and things so- you said on the factors, like I, there's just so much going on. So you got him at nine, nine, nine and three. I have him at seven and five. Wow. Is that right? Yes. Okay. okay. Well, I know and, I have him at nine and three. You, okay. You have him at seven and five. By the way, th- this is tracking too. Pretty much every season we've done this, I've got teams scrunched together more. Like I have less extremes than you. You, you go I, just slightly more in the extremes and I go slightly more towards the mean. Okay. Um, next team up that I think would probably be willing to talk about is, is Minnesota. I have them at six and six overall four and five in the big 10. You have them second. So I'll let you go again. Give me their, what you have for their overall record again, and some of your factors. Yeah. I didn't necessarily expect this to happen. It, it kind of just, whoops, look, look what I just did. Minnesota's <laughs> at number two, <laughs> but I don't like their chances traveling to North Carolina. I, I know they've got the hard schedule, so you'd think, well, Kurt, how could you how can you have them playing Michigan and Ohio State and still finishing second? I do have them losing those games. But then when you look at what's left there, I think they easily beat Nebraska. They got Northwestern. I do have them losing at Iowa. They've got Michigan State at home. They've got Illinois at home. I love them on the road at Purdue. And then I like them in their rivalry game. So it just the the wins just kept adding up. And it's interesting. They, None of those were that hard. Like, but here's another thing: like, if Illinois was on the road, I would have picked Illinois. But, okay. but it wasn't. Okay. If Michigan State was on the road, I may have considered Michigan State, but it's not. So, I, despite how bad their schedule looks at the at first glance, when you dig deeper, it's it's not that bad. Okay. For um, for where the home and for where the home and away lands, I, think I would say, kinda... I I would say I would agree with you in that if they pull out one or two wins. Then suddenly the schedule looks more manageable. North Carolina being one of them. I know that's not even a Big Ten team, but if they if they beat North Carolina and get off to what would almost for sure be a one, two, three, four, five and zero start, suddenly Kurt's pick on Minnesota is going to be looking a lot better. Even four and one, you would feel that way. But man, Michigan at Iowa, and then Illinois at Purdue, Ohio State, the one team that you maybe feel the best about, you have to go on the road sandwiched between uh, 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 Illinois and Ohio State. So that is just a tough stretch for me. This is less about Minnesota not getting the job done as it is more about the schedule being so hard. So that's how I have it, but I do have them winning the last game of the year. And the one thing I would add is I'm nervous about a Minnesota defense, as much respect as I have for Rossi, having to stay out on the field and defend the pass more when we maybe don't think a a mo less offense will be able to grind away the clock. I, I think that is something that you got to keep an eye out for. Uh, next team uh, I have up 
that I had at, uh, excuse me, fourth, you had at fifth was the Purdue Boilermakers. A lot of this is on recent success. And I, I have got a lot of faith in their quarterback. I have just come away from these camp tours and insider info. I think they got a player at quarterback. So this is very much a quarterback play. Yeah, I was actually just, uh, well, actually same insider that, that gave me the, uh, the Illinois kicker info. Okay. Was talking about Hudson card and how they're just raving about him. And I know, Oh, the Big Ten Network raved about him, too. That's one I feel – I don't know that I would have bumped him up to, say, third or something like that. But at fifth, that might be a little low. I could see – so Purdue fans come after me, I guess. And I got – I mean, I got them over their, their win-loss total, so I'm, they should be happy with me. Maybe some Purdue fans think more. I don't know. Speaking of a fan base, they'll probably be unhappy with either one of us. Uh, that is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I have a, we both have them six. I have them at five and seven, two and seven. What's your record that you have? Exact same. I have okay. them at five and seven, three and six. So a little better than you. Okay. Um, it's kind of like Wisconsin. It doesn't just happen instantly. And you're starting from a much lower place than Wisconsin. And if you're, if you're going to win games, it's probably going to look like Jeff Sims running the ball a lot. Then he maybe gets injured. So I, there's just too many question marks here. Okay. You have him losing at Colorado for for non-conference? I beating Col- I have him losing to Minnesota. I have them beating Colorado. Okay. But if if they're five wins overall and three wins in conference, then that means must mean they're they have lost one non-conference game. I've got them losing to Northern Illinois. Oh, that's the gem that I was digging for there, Kurt. Okay. <laughs> That's uh that's a take right there. All right. Um but they're riding high after yeah. the Colorado big Colorado win, go okay. on the road, beat your wow. rival, okay, and you come back home and lay an egg because bad things happen. There are growing pains. Yeah, and Northern Illinois is no slouch. Um right. for, Nebra- for Nebraska, I'm not hearing confident things out of camp on how the offense is gonna look. And that's if we're assuming Jeff Sims stays healthy, okay. Something that, you know, haven't seen a ton of. He's got to not throw picks. Now, one thing I want to say is when I did go watch some Jeff Sim games versus Georgia Tech, that dude can throw the pill. Okay. He's got an arm. But anyways, all right. Uh, uh, And then Northwestern, there's not much to say there. That's just a tough spot to be in. All right. Let's move on to the East. Well, hold on. Uh, Yep. Who do you have Northwestern beating? I don't have, I have them, I have them beating, uh, uh, UTEP. Oh, no, I, I'm have, sorry, Howard. Howard. I okay, I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I was digging for right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Howard. I don't know if you had him losing to Howard. No, yeah, I got him beating Howard. All right, moving on okay. to the East. I will go first. At seventh place, four and eight overall, one and eight. I have the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Um, I do see a workable path, but boy, that offense scares me. At six, five and seven overall, two and seven in the Big Ten. I have the Indiana Hoosiers at one point on my sheet. I had them go into a bowl game, but in the end, I feel like they come up just short at number five, also five and seven, but three and six overall. I have the Michigan state Spartans. Uh, this was a team that trended up a little bit as I watched the camp tour and did some digging. I think they have a good offensive line, stuff like that. Number four, the spot they've been kind of stuck at and, and is kind of their place at seven and five overall, four and five in the Big Ten, I have the Maryland Terrapins. And now we get 
to the exciting part, right? This is the top three. This is where screaming matches begin uh, at us. In between. And if you're, if you're a national pundit listening to this podcast, this is the part you fast forwarded to. Yes, exactly. All right, here we go. Um, yeah. Anyways, number three, 10 and two overall seven and two in the big 10. I have the Ohio state Buckeyes. How dare I do that? I've got some concerns, not big concerns, just Mm -mm. a little too big a concerns to beat the next two teams, which I believe are absolutely excellent teams. At number two, 11 and one overall, eight and one in the Big Ten, the Penn State Nittany Lions, 12 and 0, 9 and 0, number one, the Michigan Wolverines. I'm going to say it now before I forget to say it. At one point, I had talked myself into Michigan maybe being second or even third. And then I realized, and maybe talking to Jordan helped me out, I was just trying to make fetch happen. I was trying to look for things to me. Michigan is the best team in the conference. They deserve to be considered that way. Just just trust your eyes at that point. All right. Interesting. Yep. Go ahead. Best teams don't always win. So starting at the bottom, I also have the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, four and eight overall, one and eight in the conference. But I have them losing head to head to this team, who's also one and eight in conference, but only three and nine. Overall, which is the Indiana Hoosiers, I just think there are more possibilities for the Hoosiers, especially, as you mentioned, offensively with the ton of transfers. I'm not saying it's going to work out great. Obviously, it's not. But I just think they have more firepower going head to head. Now, the next one, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. I have I didn't think this was ha- what happened. I have the Maryland Terrapins. Wow. Finishing fifth. Wow. Now, I've got them at seven and five overall. They're making a bowl game. Okay. I've got them at four and five in conference, which isn't bad. I, uh, I do have them losing to the top, the big three. So then when you take that out, they're four and two. So that look, that's not that bad of season. No, so Maryland fans, I guess, do do what you must. But <laughs> I have them losing head to head to this team, the Michigan State Spartans. So I have okay. Sparty coming in at fourth. They're also four and five in conference. Six and six and overall squeaking into a bowl game. Yeah. The reason I like them is what you mentioned. I like them in the trenches better than I like Maryland. So I think they can okay. pull that game out. Okay. So now we come to the big three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At third, you mentioned something about this team. You have you like them. You have questions. You don't have a lot of questions. But I have a little more questions than I've had in the previous couple of years, and they haven't done it in the previous couple of years. So I had to knock them down to third, which is the Ohio State Buckeyes at 10 and two overall and seven and two in conference. So that brings me to the big two. I agree. On paper, Michigan is the best team in this conference. But I look at the schedule and I see Michigan traveling to Penn State. Now, it's not a whiteout game, but it's a stripe out game. Did you? Yeah. Are you familiar with it? I am. I concept? am. Yep. It's least it is going to be every bit as rocking as a whiteout game. I can guarantee you that. So I see Michigan losing at Penn State and finishing eleven and one, eight and one in conference, which gives me my champion, the Penn State Nittany Lions, undefeated overall and undefeated in the conference. Wow, sir. Perk. Jake, eat your heart out with Kurt's picks right there. Okay. 
Um, real quickly, uh, we can probably kind of just break down Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State together. You know, talk about each one of them, but uh, where they, you know, that's obviously the three game, you know, stretch here for the for the uh, um, the title. I will say this: if we, if we start with your champ, Penn State, uh, they have to go to Illinois. Okay, and people are starting to call that a trap game. Um, as our guy Perk pointed out, that I, I I actually agree with this point. Does it become a trap game when so many people point it out as a trap game, and the fact that it's the first road Big Ten game? So in the end, I think Penn State gets you know the win, but that's something to look at. That that at Illinois, Iowa. It wouldn't shock me to see a loss in there. So, like, that statistical chance is what kind of knocked Penn State down. Does that make any sense? So, like, I know I'm not talking about how they compared to Ohio State, Michigan, but, like, I see a loss that isn't to Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State, you know, one of those three. The best chance that it could happen is Penn State there. Now, I don't think it'll happen, but that was enough to – you're basically giving them 0.37 losses in that game. That, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. So that to me was a factor. Um, but overall, I mean, this is a nasty Penn State defense, a nasty O-line, a nasty rushing attack. If their quarterback is as good as Penn State fans want him to be, I, I think this is a national caliber team. And I, I have, agree. I I have. I believe that they will finish the year with the best defense. I believe they might not have the best rushing offense, but they're going to have one of the top two or three rushing offenses. That's a great combo. And then you throw in the fact that they're hungry and that Michigan has done it two years in a row. It's tough to stay on top. That's another reason I chose them. Okay. All right. All good factors. For me, the Michigan factor, moving on to them, Uh Jordan, like I said, he he beamed into my brain. Um, but it's just all those upperclassmen for me. Um, I need sure. to see Penn State take on the bully and beat them because it hasn't looked good the last couple of years, you know, when Michigan yeah. and Penn State have played, uh, when Michigan really got things going. It's been close before that. Okay. I need to see it in a more recent fact. So that to me was the the big thing. And then comparing them to Ohio State, they get Ohio State at home, you know. So yep. that is a factor, and and the fact that Ohio State wants to throw the pill around the yard going to be tough to do in a probably blustery day in the Big House late in the season. All those upperclassmen, JJ McCarthy is already established. Michigan's defense is going to be sick. Their offensive line and rushing attack. Again, I was trying to see something that I don't think was there. In the end, it's Michigan for me. Yeah, I may have gone a little bit with my heart on this, which I don't do often. But um, now Michigan, they could end up having the best defense. They could, they could end up having the best rush offense. So that that's where I, I mean, I, I'm certainly questioning. I'm not saying I'm, yeah, you know, I'm totally sold on this. But you got to pick a winner, and so I just I think Penn State's more hungry. It it, they, it, they, be, it becomes a gut feel. At, at some point, and, and more of this, watching that defense in the bowl game last year, yeah, it's like they couldn't wait. Like this, the few guys sitting out, this is the defense we're going to have next year, and they were nasty. Speaking of a team that could have a nasty defense, Kurt, I had workable paths. Trust me, that Ohio State goes twelve and zero 
13 and 0 into the cup. I'm sure you did too. Absolutely. I, I think this is going to be a bit different Ohio State looking team, but I would tell you one thing. If somebody predicted Ohio State to have the best defense in the Big Ten, it's not necessarily who I would pick. It could be the defense that makes both me and you look stupid for not picking them to win the Big Ten Conference. Is that something that went through your head? That went through my head. The other thing that went through my head is as many great receivers as they have, they have an opportunity to have a really good rush offense. So what if they're just slightly more to the rush side of things because maybe the quarterbacks aren't quite as comfortable, but then you have those guys to, to pop the ball to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can, I can easily see them being the champion. Um, What happens also is what, what happens if also the quarterback situation is just fine. They've got two, four, five-star quarterbacks throwing these receivers and we're getting all deep. Like if that happens, they're probably going 13 to 0 and going to the college football playoff. Um, you have to take that into account. I'm starting to wonder if some of these coaches are sandbagging because they don't want the backup to leave and they want him on roster. Yeah. I don't know, man. I you you it could be we could all be looking at Ohio State. I mean, what do they start out with real quick? Uh uh Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky. Maybe they roll into Notre Dame and pass Maryland, and you're like, oh, my God, this quarterback is absolutely shredding people and make us all look dumb. I don't know. Yeah, I saw a comment just recently, a couple days ago, from an Ohio State fan that was, believe it or not, very measured. And he said, look, Penn State's got a really highly touted quarterback. We've got two really highly touted quarterbacks. I I like our our chances, and I – I get that. That was Miss. That was Mister Ohio who who did the segment. No, on, I don't think it was Mister Ohio. Was it? I think it was. Uh, or oh, maybe maybe, okay. maybe he retweeted it. But it's a valid point. And I got to be yeah. honest with you. When I saw it, it made me check myself a little bit. Like, uh-oh, no doubt, am I am I seeing this thing? But it's the at Michigan thing. And then if Penn State can pull it off, because Penn State has been playing Ohio State really tough. Anyways. Ohio State fans, it's not going to surprise us at all for you to, to see your team at the top. We'll go Maryland next. Um, we have the same concerns, I think. It's, you know, it's it's at the lines. Um, I I Our guy, John, did get me geeked up for Maryland more than I thought I was going to. They do have talent away from the ball. If they can develop the lines better than we think, this suddenly becomes an extremely formidable team. It wouldn't surprise me to see that, but at the same time, there's enough physical games and just talent mismatches that I think, you know, around fourth, I have them seven and five. It just seems about right. Yeah. And they have surprised me in the past with how they've developed the lines. So maybe this one, uh, this looks a little better than I expected to. They got the glazed donut that they're really high on in the offensive line. Watch yourself, by the way, around locks. I, I heard he loves glazed donuts. Okay. Um, but, but then the other thing with protecting the quarterback, you've got a fragile Leah Tungavailoa back yes, there too. That yes. factored into me. Yes. And I like their backup quarterback, but it still needs to factor in another thing that needs to factor in Penn state at Nebraska, Michigan. That's a, that's a, that's a, you know, the, the game that you would expect to win is on the road sandwich between those two. Yeah. That is really tough. Uh, at Ohio state, obviously tough. Their first Big Ten game is at Michigan State. I have them losing that game. However, I do too. okay, uh, and then that just takes us right over to Michigan State. 
I came away from the camp tour, especially with Michigan State, and they they messed with my head. I stuck with them kind of low, you know. I, I mean, a little bit at, at fifth, but you have them a little bit higher than me. What are you What are you seeing? Um, so they still have some talent at the wide receiver position. I, I'll be very honest. I'm still very worried about them getting people passing all over. Correct. Them. So that's where I I could see. Maryland, uh, you know, actually winning that game. Right. But, I, you know, I've, I've kind of just got them losing the game. I mean, other than Maryland, I've kind of got them losing the games you'd expect to. Washington yeah. at Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State. And you look at what's left, and I just, they get Nebraska at home. They're going to beat Indiana. Um, They're going to beat Rutgers. So, you know, it just. It makes I, sense. I think that it's too much. <laughs> they're too proud of a team and have too much talent to to be any worse than six and six to me. Yep, and I do have some confidence in their quarterbacks. Um, yeah, the, the rumors are they're looking fine. I think yeah. that's also a sandbagging so that you have both guys on the roster type of deal, which I don't blame coaches at all. They can lean on that offensive line. Give me something from the defense. And then suddenly this definitely looks like a bull team. Tom Fernelli, this is one of his best bets, was their season over. So you're not the only one that feels that okay. way. Uh, number six, we both have Indiana. Kurt, I got I got close. I got real close to putting Indiana in a bowl. I, I have this weird gut feeling that this team still fights for their coach. He just had horrible pieces to, to play with last year. If Bob Bostad can improve the O-line and those JUCO transfers that they brought in pop, this will be a tougher team than what people think. You mean any of the, like, let's say 10 of the 93 transfers that they brought in? And, it, and it, I'll, it, I'll I'll reiterate what I said in the preview. These are not low-level transfers. They brought in dogs. I agree. And, and I don't love the strategy, you know, but we saw it work for Michigan State. But it was the best card they had to play. It was and I, they they had to do it. Hundred percent. And I still believe Tom Allen knows how to coach defense if he has the dudes to do it. I'm not saying these are dude dudes, but they're at least semi dudes. And if that's the case, they are going to make a lot of teams sweat, is what I think. Uh Rutgers at last, we both have them. I'm just very concerned about the offense. And then I feel like because the offense could struggle so much i don't know what happens if gavin wimsat isn't the truth then i think it puts so much pressure on their defense that it kind of just winds up wilting which we've seen too many times here the good news is you can really get some momentum going starting with northwestern temple and virginia tech all those at home by the way okay okay then that gets to the last game of the year, or at least for uh, uh, big on big crime. I've got Michigan versus Iowa. I've got the record, or I've got the score being thirty-one to seventeen, Michigan over Iowa. A better game that we had two years ago. The Cade McNamara uh, storylines would be incredible, but in the end, this is just too good of a Michigan team for Iowa to get over the top of. So I've got Penn State playing Iowa. We got two good defenses here. I expect an improved offense drastically for Iowa. So I've got a close game here. A one-score game. Penn State 27, Iowa 23 with the 2023 Big Ten Championship going to the Penn State Nittany Lions. Wow. And a berth in the college football playoff. I don't know. I feel it. Did Did I surprise you at all? 
Because I felt like you surprised me more than I surprised you, I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, I thought you had Minnesota really low. Okay. Okay. It's the schedule. Okay. It's the that schedule. was that was the one that that raised some eyebrows. Okay. Like I, I I see Purdue and I I really thought about Purdue higher having to make a bowl game, maybe even being as high as seven and five, but I just don't see Minnesota finishing that low. Okay. I had an iteration where Minnesota was higher. I had one where Minnesota was lower too. Really? Hurt. So yeah. I mean, they uh, have they have question marks. I, I get it. Yep. Um, but I just trust the staff a lot. I, sure. I trust Joe Rossi. I, I trust Flack. They've got they've got guys at receiver again. They've got solid running backs. I don't think they're getting enough credit for what the running back room is. Ethan is a question. Yes, it is a question. Uh, well, there it is. Uh, I was kind of thinking the other day, this is a little bit like cooking a big meal for friends or family. A uh, lot of things that need to be done, plan it out, go grocery yeah. shopping, get all the ingredients together. You do all of this work and then the food hits the table and it's all eaten and gone in like eight minutes. You know, like people, that's kind of how this picks go for us. All that work that goes in, we get through it that quick and then it's done. That's true. And the the hardest part about that scenario you just described is the timing of the different food that you're making. <laughs> yes, it's always always the hardest thing is yeah. Like you have a really good idea how long the meat's going to take, but the vegetables are always tough for me. Sometimes Kurt I cheat and I just go a store-bought side because people don't really oh, yeah. care and then you just take that thing out of the fridge and you serve it for for one of the sides. Cuz if I get to focus on one, one dish, I can do a good job on it. That is You that, add just a second dish and i'm lost all falls, all falls apart. yeah <laughs> totally, totally understand all right that is it uh kurt i i think maybe you have a little little something you want to say to our podcast listeners yes oh i forgot i've got a little announce for the listeners i will not be doing the preview or the review episodes during the season this year so this will be the last you hear from me i mean i may make some guest spots here and there but we will have a replacement for me during the season. I'll still be doing, I won't be retiring full-time from the podcast. I'll still be doing podcasts, but I won't be doing the 2023 season. So there, there you go. I, I gave you uh, my previews. I gave you my picks and I hope you enjoy them <laughs> and you will be listening to somebody else break down the individual games. Uh, Kurt, is there any issue between me and you? This is the question I get in DMs uh, all oh. the time. No. Okay. No, this is so my okay. I'll give you the reason and I'll give it in a single word life. Okay. Um, this is a this is that sometimes life takes you different directions. And like I said, Kurt will be back next off season, we believe, uh, as long yeah. as the podcast is going. Um, maybe a, a guest spot. And we got one more podcast with you before the season, which will be an awesome send off for you the live podcast that we plan on doing at the tailgate. So you'll be a part of that one. And then uh, I will have a special standalone podcast uh, as I tell you, tell the audience who the uh, uh, seasoned podcaster will be for me with me this year. Very excited. He's going to do a great job. You got anything else, big man? Well, if you want to know, have a better explanation other than my one word explanation, come see us at the tailgate, lot 37, Huntington Bank Stadium. Wow, look at you dangle that extremely succulent carrot out there to the audience to see if they, right. they take place. Nice work. And I just want you to know, I'll say this, I will miss recording with you until you, you're you back. Um, 
You, you killed, you crushed the team previews. Those are always fun, and it's because I do them with you. All right, enough sappy shit here. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>